As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh And this is the last episode, so let's welcome back returning guests, Chad and Chris. Hi. <laughs> Hello. This is a And special- Happy New Year. <laughs> That's right. I mean, a lot of you will be listening. It will be the New Year, but if you're listening when it comes out, it is New Year's Eve. And we wanted to get together one last time and do a special top 10, but not just top 10 of the year. I actually got this idea from a different podcast, probably Pure Cinema, if I'm remembering correctly, but I'm not positive, but it's going to be top film discovery. So we're going to go through, we each have top 10. Some are going to be from 2021. I personally made my list non-2021, but it's, I haven't seen a lot from 2021 anyway. So I, I could make a list, but it wouldn't be very good movies. So I didn't want to do that. So, so we'll special, do- Josh. So special. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what we'll do is we'll go around, round Robin style, each talk about the movie. And if, like I say, they might have some that match. I doubt they'll match any of mine. But if they have some that match, the other one will just say higher on my list. And we'll talk about it at the highest spot possible. and Just let them talk then. That way it gets, gets its chance in the spotlight. What well, I Chris- have to add is that I'm proud of uh, Chad here. Actually, it's impressive because he did basically almost like a PowerPoint slide with his. Oh, wow. On his phone. Yeah. Nice. He's like, yeah, I put images down to remind (laughs) me of the titles. And I'm like, I just made a list (laughs) and wrote it down on my phone. I was like index cards, but I was like, no, I'm just going to keep it all digital. Yeah. I I mean, I just made a list on my phone. So (laughs) definitely nothing special here. Yeah. Same here. All right. Let's. That being said, we're going to jump right in. Chris, kick us off with your number 10. Oh, well, let's see. We were discussing earlier about how I made my list basically 2021. And then I also put together kind of a list that's film discoveries of different years and stuff like that. So so I'll just go with the 2021 stuff, what I got right here. So I have at number 10, The Suicide Squad that came out recently a couple months ago really good job it was james james gunn Gunn. um who directed guardians of the galaxy movies and stuff like that you can see his influence on it in this one but of course the violence is way more in this one of course because i mean it's suicide squad and so if you know suicide squad from the comics it's dangerous work (laughs) that they do and uh people die and so uh, he did a great job with, I think, taking relatively unknown or unfamiliar characters for general audiences and making them well-liked, you know, and you get hooked onto the characters, the story, what's going on. The visuals looked really good. I never thought we'd see Starro in a movie, <laughs> and to be honest. So it was cool to see that. Um, but yeah, that's that's my number ten. Oh yeah, that's fun. And you get Sylvester Stallone as a shark, so win yes. win there. So I guess it Chad's turn. Yeah, move on to Chad. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. 
so most of my list is going to be 2021 movies. Um, I think maybe I, I misunderstood the assignment, but no, you're good. Um, you're good. But maybe at the end, I can give a couple of like uh, honorable mentions, I suppose. Um, but my number 10, uh, I have uh, Castle in the Sky by Studio Ghibli, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, it's a 1986 film. Oh, okay. Um, but the movie I watched was, of course, the English dubbed version because that was the only one that was on HBO Max, <laughs> uh, which stars the voice talents of Anna Paquin, James Vanderbeek, uh, Cloris Leachman, Mark Hamill. Yeah, it's got a 96% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 91% audience score. So, anyway, yeah, it's a great movie. I've never seen it before, but I've heard of it. I just never seen it until this year. So. I've yet to see that one. I've seen some of the Ghibli stuff too, and that's one of them I have yeah. yet to see. I have not. I don't know if I've seen a Ghibli film or not. Uh, I've seen a lot of the titles, uh, but I don't know if I've ever actually watched any of them. Breaking my heart, Josh. Breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spirited so, away. I will say that. Spirited away. Watch uh, it. <laughs> that's that's the one I always hear the most about. I, yeah, I can definitely say that. My number ten. Well. I put it number 10 because I'm right off the bat. I'm cheating. (laughs) (laughs) My number 10 is a six-way tie. And they they have a six-way tie. It's a six-way tie. A six-way tie. (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't be like a four-way tie. It couldn't be a three-way. It's got to be a six-way tie. Well, all right. And Chad, I want you to participate because Chris, I think you're going to, there's something in common with these. And Chris, I think you're going to pick it up faster. So I want, Sit back and hold off. I want to see if Chad can pick it up or not. Oh, okay. okay, here we go. So I'm doing these in order that they were released. From 1985, Tough Turf. Also from 1985, The New Kids. From 1988, Jack's Back. From 1990, previous episode on the show, Bad Influence. From 1993, Dream Lover. And from 1996, Crash. Any idea what those movies have in common? This is the director, isn't it? No. No, okay. I'm trying oh, to think. Hang on. Uh, it's got to be one of the actors, then, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Spader? Yep. James Spader. It was, I, I went really? <laughs> wow, that's impressive. What got me was because of Crash. He said Crash. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I really I thought the new kids was going to get you because I remember talking to you about that. <clears throat> no, because you know, I have yet to see that one. I need to. I know, but just haven't. Yeah. I went on a James Spader kick and I also watched Sex Lies and Videotape, but it wasn't the first watch. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling when I get my letterbox year in review, my most watched actor is probably going to come back to Spader. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah, of Spader Spader's, Spader's he's a good. great actor. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. He is really good. And these are some definitely all very nuanced performances. And Dream Lover, while I'd probably rank it at the bottom of this list, it also has Match and Amick, who we talked about when we did our oh, first yeah. horror crushes on whatever episode that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Sleepwalkers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I couldn't separate those. I had to put them all together. They're all, it's just my James Spader spot. You know, the funny thing is, if you also had mentioned Pretty in Pink, Pretty in Pink, I think it was Pretty in Pink that had Spader in it too. Then I would have been like, oh, okay, now I'm seeing uh, the connection quicker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I've never seen Pretty in Pink. The first thing I saw Spader in was actually Mannequin. I remember him in the really? first movie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and you know that's funny because I like the, the song you're saying that, that uh, <laughs> the first mannequin didn't that one have um, Andrew McCarthy? 
Yeah, Andrew McCarthy, who is also and Kim yes, Kreen, also Kim. Is that how you say it, Catrell? Kim, no, Catrell. Kim Catrell. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being crazy. Dumb. He's trying right, to Chris, throw you off, Josh. Yeah, really. I was like, I was thought it was Catrell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. move on. Your number nine. Okay, uh, so number nine, I said the eyes of Tammy Faye. Just extraordinary, if anything, extraordinary performances. I really loved how committed the actors were to Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain, especially Jessica Chastain, who is, I think, one of, if you were to see her nominated, I think, throughout award season. Um, she's already got the Golden Globe nomination. So I think, uh, yeah, just awesome awesome performances all around and actually pretty well done i think mm-hmm. with in terms of how they did gosh maybe so the rise and fall of the story. well the rise and fall of them but like is it like 30 years or something like it's yeah it's a few decades there because yeah. like, it pretty much ends in the early 90s mm-hmm. um because you're following tammy Faye's journey particularly um but just when it comes to the part where it's like their rise <laughs> when they're yeah. on the top the transformation on Jessica Chastain is just mm-hmm. incredible. And you really feel like as if you're seeing Tammy on screen, it's just crazy. And I didn't know how much of a influence that she really did have in terms of she wanted to be, I don't want to say necessarily in charge of business, but she wanted to make sure the business was done right and or fair for people because she was a very loving person, kind of naive too, to an extent. To a fault. Yeah, to a fault. <laughs> so I, you know, just that she she really was more of that Christian person who loved people for who they were. You know, and it didn't matter who they were, their background or anything like that. She just was like, well, no, everyone's got lots of kids and stuff like that. So it's just a really good auto, a biopic. I enjoyed it. There's not a whole lot of biopics that I really like because they kind of turn out to be really the same mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. But this was one that I actually ended up enjoying a lot. It was really well done. Yeah, Jessica Chastain really knocked that portrayal out of the ballpark there. She did. I like Vincent D'Onofrio as uh, Jerry Falwell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was such an asshole. But, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Only he could pull that off. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew Garfield. He was a great actor as yeah. well. So. He was yeah. good. So Chatty Gertner. Um, so for my number nine spot, I've got a movie called The Platform. Oh, yeah, I watched that. It's a Spanish movie. I don't know if I want to pronounce the director's name because <laughs> I'll butcher it. But uh, his last name is Gastelu Urrutia. Oh, <laughs> I'm curious. I think now. it's a 2019 movie. Um, and uh, I really, really liked it. Um, because it sort of reminded me of the movie Cube. If you've ever seen that one, where it's small but it feels like a big scope uh, film, and the whole movie—I mean, it just takes place kind of in this, you know, rectangular-shaped cell. But of course, he moves from different levels. But you feel how big it is, uh, how huge this tower is that he's in. Right. And I just like the. I just like the the feeling, like the scope of it, you know, feeling large, but it was kept small, if that makes sense. It was just really well done. And then I like the sort of the subtext of it about, you know, um, 
like wealth inequality and and you know sort of this whole trickle down <laughs> yeah because because uh, you mentioned going to levels it should be pointed out like the higher up you are the more food you have to eat it's yep. if you're down low you're getting table scraps so yeah it's definitely yep. a class depiction the lower you get yes, the worse you off yeah, you that's are a good way to put it yeah so yeah it was really well done i just like the and it leaves you the thing is like the movie leaves you with a lot of questions <laughs> It doesn't really give you a lot of answers. It does leave you with a lot of questions, but it's just, uh, you know, just a refreshing thing from, you know, typical American movies that, you know, are pumped out of Hollywood and stuff. So this is just a nice breath of fresh air for me. Yeah, I watched that one. I might have watched that last year. I can't remember, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm a little late to the party coming to it, but I'm glad that I finally did come to it. A coworker of mine was really pushing uh, me to watch it. So I'm really glad that I did. So I wonder if it's like uh, Galdeder, Gazdelu. <laughs> yeah, I don't Al- even want to try to pronounce his name. Urutia? Urutia? Yeah, my apologies for that. But I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me. I don't know. Well, it's a Spanish title. But anyway, yeah, it was a great film. All right, as for my number nine, I watched this early in the year and then I rewatched it. So a lot of these movies on your list, my list, I should say, will probably be episodes that we've done because that's uh, that that's how I've seen a lot of these was from doing yeah. episodes. So this one I had actually watched before doing an episode on it, and that was from 1988, Nicolas Cage and Vampire's Kiss. Ooh, okay, that's an interesting. That's an interesting movie. It an is interesting I, movie. <clears throat> I mean, the character of Peter Lowe, just the fact that he puts on this strange accent, the whole it's <laughs> just mind-boggling. And look, this is all you need to know. It's got the single best rendition of the alphabet you will ever hear in a movie. And it's worth watching alone for that. That is sing it, Josh. Sing it. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. All of a sudden, I was just thinking of the count. Sorry, <laughs> insert clip here. <laughs> uh, I actually, when I uh, did the Vampire's Kiss episode, I inserted a clip of him doing the alphabet in that episode. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh my god, that's great! Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but man, Nicolas Cage, that's a wild performance there. Yeah, yeah, and, and Chris, I'm gonna ask you, did you see the color out of space? I did. Mm-hmm. Did you notice did. the last? It- in the last third, he turned into Peter Lowe with his accent. Like he went full Peter Lowe in the last third uh, of that movie. No, you know, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, because I thought, at least in that movie, I felt like the director kind of subdued him a little, brought him in a little bit where he wasn't too over the because you know, Nicolas Cage, he tends to a lot of his movies is over the top. This one, it actually brought it down a little bit. So that way it made sense for the performance and for the movie. But I, but towards the end there, there's a point where he does get a little wild. And, and when he go, yeah, you're right. No, completely agree. The first like two thirds, he's definitely subdued. It's a straight man performance. But when he goes wild, mm-hmm. he goes full Peter Lowe. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even he? think about that. And no. it's probably because I watched them both this year that I noticed it. Like you said, you mm-hmm. haven't seen it in a while, so I can understand. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So, Chris, before we move on to your number eight, I just want to break off every now and then. I got people who want to – they gave us their list, so I'm going to break them in here throughout the show. So, first off, I'll start off with our friends at the Digital Dissection Podcast. And some of the movies they watched, first-time watches for them, were Get the Gringo, starring Mel Gibson, Blood Creek, starring, Michael, I guess, Michael Fassbender and Henry Cavill. 
He put Fassbender and Cavill. I'm guessing that's who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Count of Monte Cristo, starring, I guess, Jim Caviezel and I'm going to guess Guy Pierce. He said, yeah, Pierce. yeah, I remember that. Is that Guy Pierce mm-hmm. and Hollow Man? He didn't put Kevin Bacon, but that's the only Hollow Man I know. So <laughs> he's the same here. <laughs> I was like, is it the Kevin Bacon one? That's the only one I could think. That's the only one I, I got to guess he's going with. Uh, shoot, what's her name? Elizabeth Shue. Uh, Elizabeth Shue. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, Andrew Shue's sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, Allie, go ahead and do your number eight. Hmm? Oh, right, right, right. Um, hang on. There we go. Number eight. I said, because well, I had a black, I know it's going to be probably a little bit of a controversial opinion for some people, perhaps, but I put Halloween Kills. Uh, that one, I had a blast with it. I, I enjoyed it. I know it wasn't particularly as maybe sophisticated as the first movie was well written um this one kind of takes things over the top to an extent but i enjoyed it i still think it was a nice little chapter in what they're doing and i think i kind of see where they were coming from but they just kind of dialed it past 10 (laughs) and maybe if they dialed it down just a little bit it would have been maybe a little more again sophisticated perhaps but Michael, I thought was just, I don't know. There was just a lot of great scenes and especially some of the kill scenes, which are just absolutely brutal. And I liked a lot of the camera shots, angles. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. So that I, I, I was one of my top 10 there in terms of definitely 2021 films. Um, <clears throat> I actually had Halloween kills, um, but it's uh, different spot on my list but yeah i enjoyed it i mean pretty much for the same reasons yeah yeah i have no problem with that probably if i had done 2021 i could see it making the bottom half of my list it wouldn't be top but right number eight's a good spot for it i think what was right, Chad? Right, Chad? oh yeah sorry my number eight <laughs> film uh it's a it's a chinese film that i saw called rigor mortis um directed by juno mock and it's a 2013 film uh, 65% critic score and a 57% audience score. And uh, this movie is just crazy because it has like everything. I mean, it's got <clears throat> ghosts, vampires, witchcraft, uh, kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. um, it's highly stylized. Um, and I, the thing that I really like about it is it brings in, you know, a lot of different um, like Asian um superstitions and folklore to mm-hmm. it um so yeah it was just uh it was it was a fun film i really liked it so yeah i have to probably look that up too it sounds interesting <laughs> all right my number eight i'm not i'm going back just a few years 2018 bo burnham's eighth grade have either one of you seen eighth grade no i can't say I I see. is that the title sounds familiar i'm just trying to think who was in it it sounds familiar, but go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I know the title. I've heard it. So it's put out by A24. So you know what kind of mm. kind of know what kind of film you're getting when the A24 labels attached to it. Yeah. I think I think the, the main girl's name is Elsie Fisher, but she's playing it's eighth grade. So she's 13. Like it starts off, you see her, she's making these YouTube videos, like giving advice, right? So you think she's some kind of big YouTube creator, but as you get to know her, she's really just a shy girl. She's creating these videos, but at one point, they're showing the views and like nobody's watching these videos. She's creating them basically for herself, trying to make herself feel better. 
And as a grown man in his 30s, it's it's uncomfortable, but it's supposed to be, you know, because you're seeing, mm-hmm. I mean, at one point she gets forced to go to this, this swim party and all these girls are wearing these two pieces, but she doesn't have that perfect body. So she's having to wear a one piece and just kind of slinking off by herself. It's just really well done. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham, actually. First time I saw Bo Burnham was in Promising Young Woman as an actor. And then I realized he actually directed movies. So, but yeah, that's my number eight. Eighth grade works works out for number eight very well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. For me, I picked at number seven, the last matinee, and it's a Argentina uh, film, and takes place in ninety three. And it's basically it's a slasher horror film that takes place at a movie theater. So you have like it's this big storm that happens. So everyone is pretty much just went home and whatever, but just maybe a select few people that decide to stay for this next movie showing. And it's a horror movie, (laughs) which is kind of funny because. It's a real movie you can actually find on Amazon and watch too. It's called like um, Frankenstein Day of the Beast. So you got this movie playing on the screen while stuff is going down. You have this, um, you know, interesting little group of people that are in the movie theater. And then this killer just decides he's going to show up and kill people in the theater. (laughs) So he just plans it out. And uh, what I like about as well as um honestly some of the when it comes to a lot of the slashing scenes the kill scenes it reminds me a lot of giallo films italian horror films because it's pretty graphic it's brutal and it has some of those kind of exaggerated shots with some people's terrorized expressions but it's it's fun it's well done um i know it's actually praised pretty well by critics i think so i think it's got like 81 percent on rotten tomatoes very good movie i was surprised by it i got it from the vinegar syndrome sale recently so i was pretty happy with it i was like yes <laughs> and it dealt with movies so i was like of course i'm gonna watch it chad right. <clears throat> um i did some quick rearranging here so um <laughs> this spot actually switched uh halloween kills too so since i've already talked about that we can move on all right so by number seven i'm sticking in 2018 i'm going with jonah hill's directorial debut mid 90s so this movie is kind of like the closest thing we'd get to a modern day kids basically like this kid's like 12 years old his brother beats the shit out of him all the time he sees these kids at the skate park and he thinks they're cool, so he starts hanging out with them. You don't get as much sex. You get, like, maybe one or two scenes of the sex stuff. Because, Like I said, it's the closest thing you'll get. You're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. You're not, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. I yeah. doubt it anyway. Yeah. Kids was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Came out. But you get him hanging around, drinking a lot, doing some drugs. It's constant language. So if you get to a point where you don't like bad language, you're not going to like this movie because <laughs> it's a ton of it. That's a lot of good performances. I think everybody did a good job. And as I said, as I was watching it, I was reminded of us watching kids because we grew up watching that movie, which is oh, yeah. kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> and you know, but you know, it was a weird, favorite pastime of ours. It was just something that would come on like HBO out of nowhere and we just got stuck watching it. And it would even come on sometimes during the daytime 
on HBO. I remember watching it one time on during the daytime moment. But yeah. I used to thought it was a documentary the way that it was filmed. Yeah, I had that. I thought it was actually real the first time I saw it. It did. Yeah. Feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, like I I watched this with the wife. She hated it, but I I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that's it. Go ahead. All right. Let's see. I guess it's my turn again. I keep thinking like there's something else that's gonna happen after Josh. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's supposed to be me talking. Uh so at number seven, I put uh Disney's Encanto. Uh that one really well done. Uh the soundtrack will get addictive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Are we at number seven or number six? Yeah, I think that should be your six, Chris. Oh, you sure? Okay, good. You were throwing. Yeah, seven. number six. I got Encanto. Mm-hmm. You said number seven. Did I say number? Seven? I'm sorry. Number <laughs> six is Encanto. You were last, me off. Last right. matinee was number seven. Okay, so number so, six. Is yeah, Encanto. Okay. Uh, soundtrack addictive. It's really good. It's by um, Lin Manuel Miranda. So, um, guy who did Hamilton. So, if you're familiar with his music style for musicals then it you're going to love it in this film you also did the music for moana and moana <laughs> thank you and uh as josh's favorite song <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you got um the animation is just gorgeous in this mm-hmm. one you really like the hair strands look real but then so does the environment itself which is little things like even the tiles uh, of the house that they're in just looks real. The debris looks real that happens in the movie. Uh, characters are, are lovable and you definitely get an idea where this one talks about family, your role in family and how, you know, how I think sometimes we all question about our importance as far as like how significant we play in our family. And we don't necessarily realize sometimes how loved we are or how special we really are despite our flaws or whatever so good film good hearted film great music great animation couldn't recommend it enough cool uh so my number six spot is godzilla versus kong <laughs> my, that's a fun one that's a fun legendary one. pictures and adam wingard um yeah i was just i mean this movie uh, Again, it kind of leaves you with more questions and answers, but who cares? It's just dumb, loud, stupid, and fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, just give over to it and, you know, well, you know fun the, watching giant the, monsters yeah, go at it. Like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, the logic, <clears throat> that whole Middle Earth thing or whatever. Middle Earth. Middle Earth or, you <laughs> know, like the Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but you still can't help but get caught up into yeah. the action of things and... You definitely like Godzilla and Kong in this movie as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, it's good. And then of course the extra monster is a real nice surprise yeah. too. So I'm a big Godzilla fan, so I gotta give it two thumbs up too. Yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with that one. Chad, you may say it leaves you with questions, but did it leave you with this question? Because this was a question that a guy at work had when he saw oh. the trailer. And if <laughs> it's something I would never thought about. He said, Now where are they gonna get enough metal to make that platform they're standing on when they fight and i was like what <laughs> that's what you're worried about <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, i'm not sure on when it comes to the boat i didn't, fight, I didn't yeah, question no i, I was like 
I, mean, I, I know they're like huge the in real life, so cap size know. or like you know that's a good question whatever. because because I mean I'm sure they would have been way over the weight limit for that. You would think, right? Especially with both of them on it. That's my thing though. I'm like, wait a minute. Now you got this giant lizard creature and this giant gorilla, <laughs> and you're questioning where they got enough metal to make this, and not questioning the monsters themselves. Yeah. Okay. Right. Whatever. Well, anyway. and then the one thing to think about is that at this point. They've already been attacked by monsters, mm-hmm. so they've already had to step up their game in terms of weapons as they can and structuring and engineering, as I would imagine. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I've I've never seen a warship uh, type boat in person before, so I don't know how. I mean, I know those things are big, but I don't know how big they are. Um, I almost kind of feel like maybe they scaled down the monsters a little bit. For those, I don't That's know. A possibility, but anyway, it was, I mean, it was a fun scene. But like I said, it's a fun, means, it's a fun the, popcorn the logic movie. Just flies. <laughs> it really, it was a great, in a way different direction. It was great for opening the blockbuster season. summer yep. season and stuff like that. And it's worth it. It's a good film. All right, Chris, I'm going to give you some clues here. If I say oh. 1961, it's a Hammer movie starring Peter Cushion. What kind of movie do you think I'm going with? Maybe Frankenstein. Not, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't even want the title. Just what kind of movie do you think I'm going with? If I say Hammer, 1960s, Peter Cushing. Uh, well, horror. Gonna be a horror, horror movie. film for sure. Yeah, it's not. This is a movie <laughs> set on on well, it's December 23rd, so right around Christmas. This is called Cash on Demand. What? <laughs> yes, it, trust me, it blew my mind. It's a Hammer movie in the 60s with Peter Cushing, and he plays a bank manager. Who this guy comes in claiming to be the inspector checking there and they're saying that they're failing all these violations. Basically, you're not supposed to let me in and do this without these credentials, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's and he he takes him into the room. He gets a phone call from his wife saying, listen, do whatever this man says. He's dangerous. So now it's just him and this guy in this room for most of the movie. And he's like, look, it's it's a bank robbery movie, but there's never any well, first violence. First of all, Josh. Mind blown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very, very well done. I was. But that's I just, not what I would have thought. I, when you say hammer and you say Peter Cushing, yeah, I go straight to horror and I think, okay, it's got to be Frankenstein or Dracula here. And no, yeah. it's not. But it is definitely one well worth. Damn catching. you, Josh. Threw me <laughs> off. Exactly. All right. So before we move on, Chris, let me bring up our list. Of, let me bring up one more. All right, my buddy CJ at the Talking Shiz podcast. He brought up a boy named Christmas. I haven't seen that one. Chaz, I think, mentioned that recently and said that that one looked pretty good to watch. So I don't know. I had to probably check that out, too. I probably said that at some point. I'm not sure 100% that I did. I was scrolling <laughs> through Netflix one night. Yeah. Yeah. And he brought up 8-Bit Christmas, which I actually did watch. And that was that was pretty good. I thought about putting that on this list. Didn't quite make it, but it's a good. So he had a couple of Christmas movies that he liked. Yeah, huh? I, yeah, I definitely think uh, his list was Prisoner of the Moment. Like he had just watched it. So that's where his mind was. <laughs> nice. Klaus, I like Klaus. That's probably my favorite. Oh, I want to see I've that seen. one. I still haven't watched that one either. Yeah, from a few it's years not ago. Sappy. Yeah, that's the reason why I like it. Okay. I'm sappy. Okay. <laughs> but it was it was a great movie. Well animated, beautiful design work and everything. So yeah, Netflix, check it out. Well, I think it was Oscar nominated too. I think so, yeah. Uh, so for me at number five, and I just watched this one tonight, 
but I enjoyed it. The Power of the Dog, which has gotten, of course, a lot of critical buzz too recently, uh, especially with Benedict Cumberpatch, probably, probably one of his best film performances as well. This one is by Jane Campion. Hopefully I'm saying her last name right. She's been around for a while, but she's probably best known for directing the piano back in the early 90s. This one, you can definitely see her style. It's a long movie. It's two hours and eight movies, but it eight movies. Two hours and eight movies. That's that's pretty long. That's a good description there for the pace, though. But you, yeah, you see her style and you got, uh, Chris, yeah, Kirsten Dunst and um, Cody, Cody McFick, um, Mc, Schmidt Fee or something yeah, like that. Schmidt McFee, yeah. Um, oh, okay, I know he's in a, he's in it as well with a really good performance too. I enjoyed that one. Uh, it's kind of westernish, but it takes place in the early twenties or at least maybe in the nineteen twenties, somewhere around there. Dramatic role, of course. Dramatic performances, story wise. Um, I don't even know how I'm going to how would I necessarily explain it quickly because there's a lot that goes on with it. You but don't have to explain it. It Just deals like with <laughs> true. It deals with themes of um, like jealousy, sexuality. I want to say maybe hatred to an extent. I don't know, but if you. If you do see it, I recommend it as well. But just definitely when you're in a mood for it. But it was really well done. Super well done. I can't uh, recommend that one enough either. I enjoyed it. I was surprised. Pleasantly surprised. All right, Chad, number five. Yeah, so I got uh, uh, Walt Disney animated movie, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Which I really like. It's got a 94% credit score and an 85% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Stars uh, Aquafina, Gemma Chan, uh, Benedict Wong, uh, Daniel Daniel Day Kim. Uh, yeah, Lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a you know beautiful little film about you know setting aside differences, finding common ground, mm-hmm. learning to trust other people. Yeah, I know there was a lot of comparisons with like. Um, the cartoon show Avatar The Last Airbender. You can kind of see it. Like a little bit of the style, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I mean it still, you know, has its own originality mm-hmm. for it to stand apart. And I I just really enjoyed it. I mean, it was just it was a beautiful, it's beautiful a good made film. film. Yeah. All right. My number five. This was once again another previous episode that I did way back, going back to 1990 from Philip Ridley, the reflecting skin. Mm, yeah this is yeah that's new to me (laughs) it's one of the uh very early performance from vigo mortensen i can't remember who i don't know any of the other people that were in this movie but it's about this it's mainly this boy and this vigo mortensen's the older brother but this boy and his friends you know they're out playing and they think this one woman is they think she's a vampire and then people start dying and of course they think it's her and it goes a little further than that. I don't want to get too much into. It. I don't want to give anything away, but it's just it's beautiful to look at. Like it takes place somewhere in the the Midwest where there's like lots of wheat, right? And like like literally they hand painted all the wheat to make it look so beautiful for the movie. So oh, it's wow. just a, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a marvel to look at. So I just highly recommend that checking that out. The reflecting skin, reflecting. I and you said what year? 
So it's really? after it's after prison. You okay, know, it's after uh, prison, but yeah, him and um and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 3. It's the same. It's the same year too. as Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Same as that year. Wow. Okay. All right. So that one up. Chris, before you get on, let me go back to our list. Sure. Yeah. All right. The Silver Screen Savers podcast say the killing of two lovers. Bombay Rose, which is a Netflix animated movie, and Cowboys. So they didn't give years on any of these. I don't know what these movies are, so yeah, I can't comment I on them. Can't say for sure. That none of them really ring a bell to me, but now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, give me something to look up at least, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Google. <laughs> All right, because on with number four. Right. So at number four, I have um, Black Widow. Oh, uh, me too. So, really <laughs> nice. Okay. Now this one I was really surprised about as well because when the trailers were coming out for that movie it just didn't really appeal as much to me i thought maybe it was just going to be some sort of honestly maybe some sort of spy movie um just kind of a run-of-the-mill spy movie but this one has that marvel flair so they did such a great job with explaining more into natasha's history where she comes from you definitely feel a lot more for the new characters that are there especially the newest one her sister yelena uh florence Pugh, amazing and i'm so glad she's now in the mcu and was just recently in the hawkeye series and did a great job (laughs) she's funny uh but just badass and of course natasha the character in here natasha romanoff she's badass in this movie as well they did a great job hyping mm-hmm. i think with the action for her character um it it's not like your run-of-the-mill spy movie by any means it's really really well done super well done and you, you fall in love i think more with the natasha character this time around too especially after endgame with how that well with infinity war and endgame so yeah great job it was a great movie <clears throat> that's a lot of my uh, same thoughts as well um you know and i think what also is kind of interesting about this movie is that you know even with it being you know that sort of comic booky film or it's still a tragedy film. it still is yep uh, you know so uh, there's yeah, definitely just, the drama just, in it different and the thing is the other thing i liked about it too is that it <clears throat> It wasn't like a typical superhero movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agree. Uh, which you know, I mean, I'm kind of falling into that like ugh, superhero, like superhero fatigue, I guess. So it's nice to sort of get something like, a little yeah. bit different. But you know, I have to say, I think they've changed that up a little bit. That yeah, yeah, that for formula sure. because mm-hmm. you're seeing definitely a lot. I know this is kind of a maybe pretentious word, but you're seeing a little bit more sophistication with the writing in yeah. terms of maybe character direction and their emotions and the drama as well that happens between them and other characters. Mm -hmm. And this was no exception. You, and this one, it felt a little bit more, um, I would say maybe a little bit more serious than a lot of the other MCU. (laughs) Like this was a little, it could have been a little bit more violent if they went in that Mm -hmm. direction in all honesty, because it was pretty serious topics and discussions Mm -hmm. in this film. So it was different and it was well, well, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by Kate Shortland. That's right. Who honestly doesn't really have a huge resume uh, to her name, but you know, she did a hell of a job with the movie. Yeah. 
Oh, no question about it. Great action sequences mm-hmm. too. I liked Ray uh, Winstone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he played the director of The Widows. Yeah, he was awesome. Oh man, yeah. Crazy twist in there as well. Uh, yeah, good movie. I can't recommend that one enough. And I mean, it's in my top five for a reason. All right, so my number four, going back to 1989. This is Rob Reiner's When Harry Met Sally. I watched it the first time. <laughs> nice. So this, I don't really do rom-coms, so I, but I decided to take a chance on this one. I love it that it's like a brisk 90 minutes, so it flies by. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not going to say too much because, spoiler alert, we'll be doing a deep dive review on this in February. So Josh did the homework early. Yeah, I watched it without knowing we were going to do this. So You know, and honestly, like I've never... <laughs> I've never seen the whole the movie like all the way through. I've just seen like chunks yep, of it. Here. So it's going to be interesting to, and it's been a long time since yeah. I've seen anything of that movie. So it'd be nice to sort of, you know, get back in and actually watch the film and talk about it, especially now that you consider it one of your top 10 discoveries of the year. Yeah. Like yeah, I was surprised. Pretty big. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed that. All right, Chris, before we head back, let me go back to our list. This is my sure. buddy. Kyle over at the My Drunk Movie Theater podcast. He watched Snowpiercer. That's Bong Joon Ho, right? Bong Joon Ho. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. So he watched Speaking that. Speaking of the- MCU, it's got Captain America in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does have Chris. And it's got right. the ancient one in it. And the ancient one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Oh, okay. He also watched Let the Right One In. I like that. That was a good movie. Yeah. I can't remember. Where's that movie from? I cannot remember. Is it a Swedish? Swedish. Mm. Swedish That's what I was was thinking too. I don't know. It's one of those Northern European countries. I just don't remember which one specifically. I'm just saying you got the boy who's blonde and blue eyes. So I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, and Oscar. So I mean, that kind of sounds Norwegian sort. Then yeah. And then he they he listed Wait Until Dark from 1967. That's the one with Audrey Hepburn where she's blind, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing movie. Yeah, yeah that, amazing was, that was movie. good. First time I saw that one too, and that one just kind of blew. I was like, holy crap, they did this is so good. <laughs> yeah, and he says we watched all of these over the past year or so, and they all hit perfectly in their genres. So when he says we, I don't know if he means Agreed. him and his co-host Trisha. Or him and his wife, because I know Kyle runs their pod, their Twitter, so could be him and his wife or him and his co-host. But either way, check well, out my drunk movie theater. <laughs> In fact, I would I'll recommend you guys listen to my drunk movie theater because the best part is they're both movie theater managers. Mm-hmm. So nice. part of their show is telling all the stories that they have to deal with. Oh man, movie. I could probably so relate to that. <laughs> so it's it's I mean, really fun just for that reason. Uh, yeah. All right, okay. first back to your list and let's go on oh, to number oh, three. Great. So number three, I have uh, it's a British film. It's called Censor. That came out as well. I got that through, well, actually technically, no, I got that through the Black Friday sale too with Vinegar Syndrome and stuff. It's one of their partner labels. Oh my god, okay, this one is a bit of a this one's a bit of a mind fuck, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Um, but what I really love about this is that it kind of tells the story of the whole video nasty era especially with so place in britain and how they handled those movies you have this character her name is enid and she's a censor so she plays part of this board where they watch violent nasty horror movies and all that stuff 
and they basically they get to rate those movies they get to say what you need to cut and what in order to pass it as a certain rating what is that the kind of the ratings ratings board board. yeah Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that but they also can reject movies Hmm. and back then with the whole part of that video nastier too is where um they literally had gosh like a big old list of movies that was banned and so some video stores would actually have these either maybe behind the counter in a closet (laughs) special request it was yeah you had to know people that work in these stores nice. in order to get access oh, but man, if they were man. caught with it like i mean it was also homes that were um, rated rated wow. for some of these movies and stuff so it was pretty crazy yeah but she is this character who's committed to where she thinks that she's protecting people protecting and saving Ugh. people of sorts <laughs> but also you find out with her is that um there's a trauma that's happened with her where she was a kid her sister went missing when they were kids and she completely doesn't remember what happened she but she was the last one who saw her sister mm-hmm. um so she sees this one movie that has this actress that looks like her sister and she starts to try to hunt down who this woman is and crazy shit unfolds and the visuals <laughs> yeah like it's the visuals is uh is great but like i say if you got to really pay attention to the movie because it is a big twist and um it's from magnet that distributed it and you know with magnet films they kind of release weird films so (laughs) it's it's great i was surprised the performance by the girl who plays enid in this movie was just fantastic i wish she was getting honestly i wish she was getting nominations for award season as well because she did an amazing job Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, for me, uh, another mainstream movie, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Good one. Yeah, this one again, you know, kind of in the vein of, uh, you know, Widow is, you know, it's not a typical superhero movie. No. Um, you know, it has some of the, the tropes, I suppose, but you know, otherwise, it's just it's kind of just treated as like a, you know, myth film yeah it's kind of a <clears throat> mythical fantasy yeah. of sorts but then also very action heavy i mm-hmm. guess you could say because especially where you're you're kind of when he's going on his journey yeah and, and what you learn about his past is like it also has that underground <laughs> battle arena stuff mm-hmm. so it's I don't know. It's really interesting because it kind of gets a little gritty somewhat, yeah. just a little bit, yeah. but then enough to have the superhero tropes, but then it gets into a fantasy element mm-hmm. towards the end, which yeah. is different, but it's a good ride. And, and the villain in that movie yeah. is probably one of my favorite top Marvel villains. <laughs> uh, the Tony Lung, who's the actor who plays the father in the movie. Um, Wen Wu, I think is yeah. his name. Um uh, yeah, it was amazing. And I thought it was hilarious that like the internet was like thirsting after Tony Wong. <laughs> hey, he is gorgeous. I even say he's gorgeous. The man is a mm. chef's kiss. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was great. You know, it has a 91% rating on um on Rotten Tomatoes and it's got a 98% audience score. So yeah. It's yeah. done pretty it's well a, for itself. It's a good film, yeah. All right, for my and number three. Aquafina's in that one too. Oh, and Aquafina's in that one too, just like she was in uh, yeah. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Okay. So Aquafina, yeah, she's your, your top yeah, rated she's actress a... of the year. 
yeah she's uh, she's become really good yeah. though she's done, and uh actually i remember seeing her drama film that she won the golden globe for the the farewell but it was interesting to see her in a more serious role uh so the girl's got chops she's got some good acting chops all right for nine number three i'm going with another british bank robbery movie this is strong room from 1962 oh, i haven't heard that so, one well I, I was listening to a podcast where edgar wright and quentin tarantino basically they when they're in quarantine they decided to watch a whole bunch of british movies and then they went on a podcast the empire podcast i think and talk about them and quentin tarantino hmm. highly recommend like when you talked about this one i just was like i need to watch this and it's like 75 minutes, so it's very quick. It's available oh, yeah. on it's available on YouTube <laughs> to watch. But these guys, they're deciding to rob this bank. It's Labor Day weekend because they know they get an extra day to try to get away with the, what their plan is. The plan is to go in on a Friday afternoon. They know that the only person that's going to be there is the cleaning lady. They're going to be able to break in, get what they need, go. They have an extra – that Monday the bank will be closed, so they're going to tie the cleaning lady up, leave her there. She'll be found. She can go three days without. But for whatever reason, I can't remember the reason, but the bank manager decided to keep himself and this teller lady there late that day when they decided to do it. They end up getting locked in the vault, and the vault's airtight, so it's losing air. Oh, no. And then you find out also that uh, the woman, she's got breathing problems. So with her losing air, she's going to die quicker. So there's four guys robbing this bank. They're on the run. One of them, he's like, dude, we can't like bank robbery is one thing. We can't go down for murder for this. We, mm-hmm. we got to go back. And and they're arguing. They end up splitting up into groups of two because two of them are brothers. So they have one brother go with each team because they, they didn't want the brothers together. But uh, so then it becomes a race against time to where can they get back? Can they save her? Because she's losing air. Damn. It sounds so, very like a almost kind of an Alfred Hitchcock suspense kind of movie there too a little bit because he made some pretty good ones too that sounds like a of a similar story that he would tell it's very well done like i say 75 minutes available on youtube can't go wrong you won't Dang. be mad even if you don't like it it's barely over an hour you'll be fine right it won't, it won't make you mad so all right chris before we get to number two let's go back to mm-hmm. our list all right, and this is the Metalcore Nerds podcast, and they they say the two biggest Hi guys, yeah, the two biggest movie surprises of the year for him were Coda and Free Guy. I haven't okay. seen either one. Me either, but you know, Free Guy seems like it's been kind of everywhere on people's mouth. Uh, oh yeah, coming out of people's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've seen that everywhere this year. That's been it. I've heard I've heard a lot about Coda actually because it's got that. Uh, what is her name? Marley Matlin, the deaf woman. The woman oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Coda means is ah, children shit. of deaf adults. So that's what the whole so story she's is. In it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Because she won the Oscar many years ago, too. She's like one of the youngest winners uh, for children of a lesser God. Right. Like that and, was in the uh, 80s, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to hear her in a movie that, because it's been a while for her, you know, to really be in a movie that's, you know, I don't know, to be more mentioned, I guess you could say. So it's good to hear that. She's a good actress as well. And then on to back in on that, the F and Nerds podcast jumped in saying they hadn't seen Coda, but they were 100% on board with the free guy. And then 
they had a little free guy conversation. So I'm not going to go through that. But. <laughs> All right, Chris, number two. Right. So at number two, I have I Care A Lot uh, with, um, oh my gosh. Rosamund Pike. Pike. Uh, Rosamund Pike. I watched that at the beginning Thank of the you. year too. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. So this one made me feel so many emotions as I was watching this movie. <laughs> And with Rosamund Pike, this tells you how brilliant this woman is, I think, as an actress, because the character she played in this movie, and as the movie was going on, I hated her, hated her <laughs> character's gut so much. And I was just like sitting there going, die, bitch, die, <laughs> or something, you know, like I was just like, what? I, I was rooting for Peter Dinklage and his Russian gang or, you know, just something. And, but the fact that, afterwards when i after i watched that and it made me feel that way i was sitting there going well i know that was the intent yeah that was the intent of this movie and so i know for a lot of people um, i read some comments before where people were saying that they hated this movie because they hated her character and what she was doing or her scheme for what she was doing to elderly people and i'm like but that was the intent. The, I say the they, intent they missed the point. Feel that way. Yeah, you missed the point of the movie. You're at not that supposed point. to like her. You're not <laughs> supposed to like her. And um, but I, every step of the way, I was entranced with it, and I loved it. Like every, I when, right when I thought she was going to get what she deserved, boom! And then suddenly <laughs> it would flip, and I'm like, no, we were so close. Uh, but I. Yeah, absolutely love this movie. I wish there would be an official Blu-ray release in North America for it. I wish there was because I would totally grab it. But if you have not seen I Care a Lot on Netflix, do it. It will, it will get, <laughs> it will get your feelings going. You're going to feel some type of way about it. But just remember, it's the intent of the movie. Yeah. It is trying to make you feel that way. Chad, number two. All right. <clears throat> yeah, my number two is. Um, uh, Luca from Pixar, um, nice. directed by uh, Enrico Casarosa, and the film's got a 91% critic score and a 86% audience score. Um, kind of similar to um, Encanto, like the movie, there's not really like a <clears throat> an antagonist to the movie. Like the 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 you know conflict of the film is yeah. more of a self conflict, and it's more about you know self-actualization and yep. you know finding your place and fitting in and and that's what you know the trend has been with a lot of the learning, other Disney movies yeah, exactly, recently. Yeah. like you look at the frozen movies and mm-hmm. done the same thing uh you know moana i would say mm-hmm. probably to an extent there and yeah yeah um but it's just a you know beautiful film about friendship even though there's you know sort of, sort of a lgbt you know undertone uh subtext that you could probably find if you know you wanted to if you wanted to interpret that way but um yeah i mean and and just with like any pixar film the reason why i love it is just because they're able to capture the human condition so well yeah uh with their stories so yeah it's just a beautifully animated and designed movie very artful love yeah all right my number two 1987 john hughes Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Look, I don't. Look, I mean, look. We don't. I don't need to say much about it. We talked about it for almost two hours. <laughs> Go check out our full deep dive episode. I feel like Chris gives a great tribute to John Candy and a little speech he gives towards the Aww. end. That's worth listening to. 
movie's hilarious. It's got great, great performances, both out of Steve Martin and especially John Candy. Yeah. I do think he outshines Steve Martin in this film. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not gonna say it, but we got a full episode on it. Go listen to that. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And <laughs> all right, before we get to our number ones, we got one more list to get to. Nice. And this is the Nerds of the Old Republic podcast. <laughs> I like that. I like that title, guys. That's great. <laughs> he gives us three picks, just what I asked for. So, first off, pick star Nicolas Cage. Sounds like insanity, but what a meditative, beautiful film. I agree. I don't know if I'd make put it in my top three of 2021, but it would definitely make my top 10 list. I'd want to watch it one more time to see where I want to place it. You talk about a subdued Nicolas Cage performance, Chris, that that pig is one. Really? Yes. Okay, because I've heard about it, but I've not seen anything on it. So I, I'm very curious about it. This, I heard it described this way recently. It's really the best way to describe it. It's it's John Wick without all the violence. It's just about a man who uh-huh. wants his damn pig back. So nice <laughs> it, it's yeah it's it's great it's got a, a a great performance by alex wolf who you know from probably hereditary or maybe uh okay. jumanji or whatever i think he's in he plays the young version but all right then he goes with the old conan the barbarian with arnold easy to laugh oh, off yeah. really <laughs> like epicness and pacing and honestly i've never seen the original i've never seen any of the conan the barbarians because i remember seeing it a, oh gosh when i was a, little so it's been ages in a day but i mean it's considered definitely one of the uh, schwarzenegger classics when you look mm-hmm. on his filmography that's going to yeah. be right somewhere on his list yeah and then for their final pick they went with nightcrawler from just a couple years oh. ago with jake gyllenhaal I haven't, that way. Yeah. I haven't seen that one either but oh. i know everybody loved it yeah so he says a fascinating he says a fascinating subject intensely acted as you'd expect and yes i watched this for the first time Maybe if I had watched it this year, it would have been high on this list because Nightcrawler is fantastic. Is so it? I highly suggest you both watch it. Okay. I watched either last year or two years ago. I can't remember, but yeah, I was highly impressed well, with Nightcrawler. I mean, one of the things I'm always usually hooked on is Jake Gyllenhaal anyway. So, I mean, hey, top 10 guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, you know, don't want, I think that director followed it up with that Velvet Buzzsaw with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we are. Number one, guys. Oh, so I guess I go. Yep, you get it. All right. All right. Josh, this is a drum roll. This is kind of funny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't like Christmas vacation. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because Chad, my number one is your number two selection, actually. So. Luca is my number one. Oh wow! Uh, my number one pick. So I enjoyed this one because I think it was just really a, it's a simple, feel good movie. Vibes, I really, man. This movie is vibes. It really is, <laughs> and I love absolutely love the animation in this one. It made me want to sit there and go, okay, I need to somehow get to Italy. <laughs> so I I need to somehow make that happen one day. Um, but I. I, like I don't know, I just love the sh- the simple storytelling with this one, where yeah. and it's cute, and you just can't help but fall in love with it, and you know the the friendships that are made, and it just kind of takes you back. I think if anything, it kind of brings a little bit of nostalgia feeling because it makes me think of my childhood and my friendships with mm-hmm. you know you guys and stuff like that. So it just kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. It's just it's wonderful film, feel good movie. Um, 
heartwarming. It'll tug at your strings a little bit, I think. Uh, you got a little bit of a fantastical element because of the two boys and their <laughs> where they come from mm-hmm. and who they are. A literal sort of fish out of water story. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah uh, very much so. <laughs> so and, yeah, and what's the thing they say in there too? Like, don't be a Bruno. So I mean, I, I love that. It's just it's cute. Um, and then yet yeah, in Encanto, we have we don't talk about we Bruno. Don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Bruno was a popular name this year. Um, I feel like we're gonna have lots of babies born this year next oh, year. Please don't. Bruno. Please no Bruno name. Yeah, yeah I can tell but, you, my, my kids go around all the time saying Silencio Bruno, Silencio, Silencio yes. Bruno. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But I love it. It was just such a beautiful film. I enjoyed it. So it was it's my number one for the year. I know it's kind of a surprise in some things, but it was so good. Yeah. You're right, Chris. I would have never have guessed that. So there you go. Yep, exactly. <laughs> never <laughs> surprised that. you. All right. Uh so my number one film this year, uh, which I feel like is a lot of people's, is uh Dune. Um oh, I don't blame it's a lot of <laughs> Even a lot of critics' favorites too. I mean, there's been such yeah. good word about that movie, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet. I oh, I wasted the time to not see it when yeah. it was on HBO Max. It's, uh, from Legendary Pictures, it's by I'm going to butcher his name because I can't pronounce the director's <laughs> name. It's like Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, good director. 83% critic score, 90% audience score. So the audiences really like this movie more than critics did. Stars uh, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, who was amazing in this film and completely terrified me. And also has Zendaya, even though she's a very small part of the, the movie. But, you know, big name. Got to get her out there. And I mean, for me, like, I just loved everything about this movie. It was the art direction, the production design, the directing, the storytelling. Um, and the score by Hans Zimmer is just amazing. I mean, that score, I listened to it for like a week well, straight. Hans Zimmer. I mean, there's a lot of um, score that you can't help but like. So, yeah, I was actually just listening to the score again yesterday. For me, I really liked it. I mean, it's a, it's a slow burn movie, and it's not really meant to be a standalone movie. So I'm glad we're getting a part two because it is, it is a, it's a movie mm-hmm. that is meant to set up uh, what comes next. But yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was like my you know pure cinematic joy moment of the year. Well, it's <laughs> good to see him too. Like he's a really good director. He directed one of my favorite ones from like he directed um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, and then there was see he directed Arrival, which was pretty good, and Sicario, which I re- that was mm, probably the yeah. first time I really got introduced to him. I think um, he also did Prisoners. Yeah, which I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen oh, that one. But, <laughs> but Sicario, I think, was the first movie for me yeah. that I got hooked on with him, and then Arrival and the Blade Runner sequel, which he did a fantastic job on. So, um, yeah. I can see why you're probably like, yes, he's really good. I need to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not going to lie. That two and a half hour runtime is what made me go. And I, I did the 80s David Lynch version of Dune earlier this year. <laughs> and it just didn't have me rushing out to go. Yeah, they do with this, <laughs> this new one. So, <laughs> all right. My number one, 2016. 
Directed by John Carney. I'm taking you guys over to Ireland. This is Sing Street. Mm, I've not heard that one. You haven't heard? Oh, well, I'm going to highly suggest you see it. So Sing Street (laughs) is the story of, I think he's like 15. It's Connor. He's he's in a home like his parent. You can tell they're going through some shit. It's... They're they're not working. You can tell they're they're on the edge of a divorce. It ends mm-hmm. up coming later, but you can see it right from the opening scene. They need to save money, so they take him out and put him in this other Christian school. And you can tell us basically where the poor kids go. I guess you could say that's why they got to put him there to save money from wherever he's going. And he immediately goes. He immediately starts getting bullied, and not just by a kid in the school, but even by the headmaster because he can't afford black shoes. So like, he has to have black shoes and he has brown and he's, he's immediately bullied, but he sees this girl one day right across from the school standing in front of this house and he goes over to her and she tells him she's a model. So what's he do? He says, Oh yeah, I'm in a band and we need a model for a video. Dude's never played an instrument in his life. He goes back to his friends. Like we got to start a band <laughs> 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 just so he can meet this girl. And it's just got a lot. It's, you get a, it takes place in 1985, so you get some Genesis, you okay. get some Duran Duran, you get Aha, but you also get a lot of good original songs, like yeah. the the Riddle of the Model and Drive It Like You Stole It is a great. It's a prom dance sequence, almost, and it's take it's literally taken from uh, Back to the Future when he goes back to the 50s and do the prom. Oh, nice! <laughs> That's what he's referencing. So it's just a great story. And I think the standout performance is actually Connor's older brother played by Jack Rayner, which if you don't know Jack Rayner, he plays in Midsommar. I don't know if he's in anything else. So okay. he played play Christian, who everybody thinks of as the dick in Midsommar. So I remember watching it and the, the whole time watching going, man, this guy looks familiar. This guy looks familiar. It was about an hour in before I finally went, <laughs> that's Christian from Midsommar. I know who that is. Took me a while, but yeah. I, I watched this again to make sure because I was like, this movie felt really high on my list. I wanted to watch it one more time. I was like, yeah, this is definitely the favorite film that I watched this year. <laughs> so String, Sing Street from 2016. Where's it streaming? Uh, Hoopla is where I watched it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Man. so. It's probably streaming other places, Dang. but I watched it on Hoopla. Okay. All right, so Chris, you got, I know you said you wanted to do some honorable mentions. So what you got? Oh, yeah. So like some of my film discoveries, and I don't, I mean, there's several that sound good, and then there's some that's kind of like, eh. Um, but like uh, my favorite one as far as uh, film discovery for me was honestly Pritzi's Honor. It's 1985. It's got Kathleen Turner, Jack Nicholson, and uh, Angelica Houston. Um, kind of has a little bit of a, godfather style to it to some degree where jack nicholson plays an assassin for a mafia uh he falls in love with kathleen turner who's also an assassin and things get a little crazy (laughs) with uh what happens there and especially with angelica houston's character thrown into the mix because she's the daughter of the head guy or the grandfather that runs the mafia and stuff like that, who, by the way, I think is, um, I think it's William Hinky Hinkley or something like that. He, you would know if you saw him, he always usually looked, played the old guy, even though he was like maybe in his sixties and the eighties. Usually so you're talking about William Hickey. Older. Yes. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, He's in it. 
Uh, so good movie there. Totally recommend it. As a matter of fact, it's probably gonna be one of the films I'm going to recommend for maybe the poll or something one day. Uh, the other one, also the Final Girls from 2015. Great. I like the way that it uh, plays yeah. out. You know, the horror, 80s horror, stuff like that. And it tugs a little bit on the heartstrings there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, also, The Kindred, 1987, another horror creature oh. feature. I was surprised <laughs> by that one. I was like, why have I not seen this? How have that, I missed it? So I It's one I've wanted it. to see, but I haven't. Oh, it's good. I enjoy it. Uh, Cat People, 1942. Oh, the original. Okay. Nice job. Yeah. Really good film. It's uh, it's kind of a little bit slow, but the way it builds up things and uses the environment as kind of a suspense way is well done. Um, and then this one kind of surprised me. I know this, it's campy, but Lady in a Cage, 1964, Olivia de Havilland. I did not expect it to be what it was. <laughs> And it's pretty brutal to some degree with what happens in there and with some of the characters that are in it as well. So I was surprised with that one. Uh, Children of the Night, pretty cool vampire movie, 1991. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime streaming as well, but not a very good video quality. Mm. Um, I think it was... I can't remember if it was... No, not... uh, I think it may have been Fangoria production, believe it or not. The Hunger, 1983, Susan Sarandon, Catherine Deneuve. Hopefully I'm saying her name right. Also, nice take on the vampire mythos. Um, Dead and Buried, 1981. I'd always seen the cover for that. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I was at Blockbuster as a kid, but I just never rented it. Hmm. But this year was the first year I actually ended up getting it. And then I watched it and it was pretty cool. Uh, Don't tor- Torture a Duckling, 1972. Um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of Giallo film over the years, but this one, it's nice to kind of get back into it as well and see a little bit more of it. Is that one Fulci? I believe. I I feel like. Or no, maybe. No. uh, Yeah, it's Fulci. Yeah, it's Fulci. Okay, thank you. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's nice. It's really. um, It's actually kind of different than what I'm used to because I'm usually used to him doing like, say, zombie. (laughs) <laughs> you know with how gory and gruesome it was but you, you, if you want to see different Fulci watch the devil's honey the devil's honey <laughs> that is different Fulci. I have to check that one out let's see and then lastly also the lamp or aka what's also in America has been known for years as the outing 1987 it's a regional film Texas film uh also, another kind of creature feature. It sort of reminds me of Wishmaster before there was ever Wishmaster. Oh, it wow, okay. Kind of a creature genie in that one as well. But it's very... <laughs> it's not a person in makeup or anything like that. It's it's uh, it's also campy. Okay. But uh, that was definitely interesting. It was pretty cool. So, yeah. So just a couple honorable mentions there. Oh, yeah. Got to throw this one out. Good comedy. Barb and Star this year goes to <laughs> Vista Del Mar. That was good. Funny. Real funny stuff. <laughs> Chad, you have anything? Uh, yeah, well, I can't really follow Chris's extensive list, but I'll, well, I'll that's, like, that's fine. I don't have that many. Either. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give like three or four. Um, um, two of them were already mentioned earlier. Uh, one being planes, trains and automobiles. Because, um, I mean, I'd never really seen that movie like 
all the way through again it was just one of those movies i'd seen like large chunks of so i sort of pieced it together but being able to watch it was a real treat for the first time all the way through <laughs> um the other one is uh encanto mm-hmm. um just beautifully animated you know hands down um the third one uh is um a little late to the party and i know i risk cancellation when i say it but i'm not like the hugest tarantino fan uh but once upon a time in hollywood uh that was really good went into it kind of kind of slogging my way into it but i'm really glad that i did because it was excellent so thanks josh for pushing me to (laughs) to give that one a try um and then the last one is a, is a documentary. It's not like a revolutionary documentary at all, but it's called Giro Dreams of Stushi. Mm-hmm. Um, like and uh, it's just the the guy, Jiro Ono, he's so fascinating. He's like this, he's this really old guy, a master at being a sushi chef. But like, even at his old age, he's like still trying to, achieve mastery and perfection over what he does like he doesn't he always thinks that he can do better and be better i'm like man we i need some of that some of that energy (laughs) in my life to you know push myself and everything but yeah it was just it was a really good documentary and and the subject matter of uh, following jiro and his son uh who's you know struggling to you know, live up to his father's legacy and everything was really good. So yeah, those are my, uh, my four honorable mentions. All right. So my honorable mentions are going to be movies from 2021 since I decided to leave those off. So <laughs> I already mentioned pig. I agree with Chris. Halloween kills would have been on there somewhere. I'm also going to throw out Jacob's wife with Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden. Oh, I want to see that one. Yeah. She does a great job turning into the vampire. One that surprised me was we just recently watched Sing 2, the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it went in a logical place and they didn't just try to recreate the first Sing. More great performances. I actually really enjoyed it. And uh, oh, I want to give a special shout out. The Slumber Party Mass Slumber Party Massacre remake oh, yeah. was actually oh, that was good. That was that so was, good. That was really good. <laughs> a lot of twists and turns in it that yeah. I think they went and they went in some good places with that one. And definitely my favorite film of this year was Malignant. So, Chad, you Malignant said I love it. so good. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah. ridiculous. But I had a blast with that one, too. I, say, I had you a know, blast watching And, Chad, you know, that's why you kept telling me to watch it. You knew I love a movie that just goes batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it went batshit crazy. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, another one, too, that I ended up enjoying as a little batshit crazy was uh, Psycho Gorman. Yep, that, that was, was, that, was that was a good one. <laughs> a little girl on got on my nerves in that movie, I will say. I think they could have toned it down a little bit for her to some degree, but good one. Really good one, too. Yeah, I hope there's no, a sequel at some point for it. So I hope so too. You're right. I had that when I wrote out my initial list that made that did make the list because that was that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Not my honky boys. Yes. <laughs> And then um, there's an Irish kind of vampire movie as well that's pretty good. It's Boys from County Hill. Yes, I watched uh, that and enjoyed that one as well. That one's fun. Um, Quiet Place 2 was really good this year as well. Enjoyed that one a lot. Conjuring 3 was pretty good. Took a different turn. And Oh, and you know some other weird ones I saw too? Like 
uh necromancer was an 80s movie as well oh you're about to say necromancer no 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 no. that was interesting because the girl that leads in that movie she plays one of the victims in friday 13th part 7 she plays the the girl that hooks up with the the weed guy and then gets Hmm. thrown out the window in that movie Hmm. so that was uh, elizabeth kaitan i think is her name so that was surprising to see her in a more it was a bit of more of a serious role for her of course than rather being the party girl you know <laughs> so it was a little different body snatchers 93 which is kind of like the remake of the invasion of the body snatchers right, yeah. but, um but that was pretty it was solid it was different for sure and what was it? Oh, and then of course I gotta say, just for fun, shits and giggles, blood rage. But that was just funny because that conversation we had, you guys, that was yes. just oh, great. It's so funny. I love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many good stuff, like, but I feel like too that there was so much that I didn't get to see either. Oh, I, I, one, you know what oh, I mean? I, like, it's just so crazy with how. I think the last couple of years movies have been released, but then at the same time, also discovering a lot mm-hmm. other movies that have always been there. Right. So, um, but I feel like there's a lot, cause I have also a stack of movies that I haven't seen yet and I haven't yep. piled up that I'm just need to be able to watch, but I feel your pain, Chris. I feel that pain, <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. I like that. Cause at least I know I can, you know, be like, okay, I'm ready for a movie. Then I can just pop that in and I'm ready to watch it. There you and go. It's just fun. Yeah. All right. So as for the show, either coming up next Tuesday or the week after, we will be back with a deep dive review of Trading Places. We will be recording that here in a couple of days. And it depends on if I can get it edited in time. If not, it'll be a normal interview. So <laughs> next Tuesday, either look forward to trading places or american psycho because that'll be the next two weeks for sure and then well chris then i know also, you want yes i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it <laughs> go for it chris our recent poll that we just had that featured three movies for you guys to vote on and most of you guys voted for terms of endearment i honestly i gotta say i'm surprised <laughs> but thank you guys for picking that one as the winner so I'm looking forward to Josh seeing this one. I don't know what it is, but I'm just obsessed to see what Josh is going to think when he sees this movie. Um, I feel like it's going to be one he's going to be like, I heard it. But <laughs> but it is a classic for a reason, and it's one of the best pictures of all time. Oh, he likes Still Magnolias. so That's true. He did like Still Magnolias. You know, I think he'll like... Uh, if anything, you'll love Shirley MacLaine in this movie, because when you get older, you're going to be like, Okay, I want to be strong like that. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that's what's coming for the rest of this month. And yes, we'll put out another poll for movies in February. So make sure you're staying on the Twitter. That's where we do the polls at. So you can let your voice be heard. (laughs) (laughs) And when we do a movie, I put up a post about it and give your thoughts here and we'll read them here on the podcast. So. Yeah, tell us your thoughts. Exactly, tell us your thoughts. If you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, let us know, and I'll still read it. Just saying, hey, I've never seen it. Okay, that's fine too. A lot of these movies I'm watching for the first time, so look, I get it. So when you get a chance, guys, tell us over the next couple of days 
what do you have you seen trading places and if you have what did you think about it is yep, it one um, of your favorites so if you're listening or if you've to this... traded places with somebody <laughs> give us that story too there you go so if you're listening to this on the day of the release i'll be putting out that post probably then tomorrow so i'll probably put that out saturday morning yeah and this will be out in the morning so yes and Hi, don't guys. forget guys take awesome bubble bias bubble, bubble bias <laughs> Oh, Chris, you got it in there, didn't you? I got it in there. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. Chris, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at um, X Topher of Oz. I think Letterboxd is X Topher I think, of Oz. Or I think, CBC Monkey. I think it's CBC one. Monkey on Letterboxd. <laughs> okay. But definitely Instagram, it's X Topher of Oz. And then also Twitter is CBC Monkey, so... You can find me also through Josh's Twitter as well. You usually see him have me linked somewhere on there. Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and um, Letterbox, uh, Green Screen Grin, um, all one word. And I'm also newly minted on um, Instagrams. <laughs> so you can find me on the grid. You can find my grid on there. I don't have much right now. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it'll grow. Uh, also, green screen grin, all one word. I just make it easier for everybody to find me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and as always, you can find the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Available wherever you get your podcast. Check out the YouTube channel. I know I'm, I've had an interview go up there at least in December, and I got a couple more coming up in January. So check that out. And we already talked about what's coming next week or at least the next two weeks. So we'll look forward to that. And until then, you guys take care and I'll talk to you next time. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba.